G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. In the studio today, my good friend, Pastor Maddie Russell, has arrived. Uh, Maddie has planted a church in Bow Desert 12 months ago called Now Church. He's also got two rehabs, one for men and one for women. He's traveled the world as an evangelist, and he's got a great testimony of being radically saved from a lifestyle of hopelessness and addiction. He's uh, recently been on a trip to Papua New Guinea with myself and two other uh, friends in ministry. We saw over 800 people come to Christ. It was an amazing time. And uh, Maddie is also a rapper. And uh, if we... uh if we maybe ask him nicely, he might do a little bit of a rap for us today as well. So hang around for that. We are going to be opening the phone lines uh, a little bit later this morning. We'll shortly, about 15 minutes, we'll open the phone lines. And we're going to talk about overcoming addictions. Maybe you know someone who's wrestling with addiction, or maybe you are yourself. Maybe you'd like some prayer or you'd like to have a chat about it. Maddie has worked in rehabs for many years, and we're going to hear a bit of uh, his uh, perspective on these things uh, throughout the morning. So it's my privilege to welcome to the studio, Matty Russell. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing exceptionally well. Thank you so much for having me. It's been good to see you, mate. We spent 12 days together in PNG. We did. And uh, since we've been back, I've, I've been a little bit exhausted. How about you? <laughs> yeah, it's certainly taken some adjusting to get back into the swing of things. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to some rest this weekend. Very cool. I was sharing on the radio earlier that when you were preaching in PNG, I just saw such an anointing on you. I saw so many people come to Christ when you're preaching out in the markets and you're talking about the gospel. It was such a powerful uh, uh, outreach and uh, wonderful to have you in PNG. We're going to talk more about that soon, but let's just begin with a bit of your story. Uh, Tell us a bit of your background. Where where are you from? Sure. So um, basically I was a drug addict from the Gold Coast uh, in Narang and um, was raised in country Victoria, but moved up to Queensland when I was 18 years old Mm -hmm. um, and was diagnosed with chronic depression and severe anxiety, was totally suicidal, um, trying to hold down a job while at the same time struggling and battling with addiction and uh, and my own demons at the time. Um, Raised in an atheist home, no Christian upbringing, and uh, through the turning of events, actually at work for the Dole, Uh, a Centrelink initiative, I met a Torres Strait Islander who was an evangelist who had met Jesus and was radically transformed by the power of the gospel. And he was just radically, passionately, fervently sharing the gospel with everyone uh, at that workplace. And over a couple of weeks' time, I really started to warm up to the fact um, that he was a Christian and we were he was a hip-hop artist, and so I was a hip-hop artist. And although I thought that he was just the weirdest person I'd ever met, <laughs> uh, I thought, you know, he was like one of the only Christians I'd ever met. And so I thought, if that's what Christians are like, I'm not sure if I ever want to be a Christian because this guy was so radical, on fire, out there, extreme, passionate. And I just thought, it's weird. Yeah. 
But my heart started to soften over a couple of weeks. We related on the hip-hop level. So at lunchtime, I'm rapping about the world. He's rapping about Jesus. We've got this battle going on between light and darkness in the hip-hop scene. And uh, after he finished this Jesus rhyme, one lunch break, uh, I said to him, you know what? I believe in God. Because when I was 12 years old, I had a supernatural experience with Jesus. I was an atheist at the time. I was out on the streets uh, running amok with a bunch of other kids in a small country town with nothing to do except look for places to break into and things to steal. And so we were roaming around on a Wednesday night and trying to look at some mischief we could get into. And I walked past an old traditional church building. And as I was walking past that building at 12 years old, I don't know how to explain it other than I went into like a trance. Um, I was not really fully aware of what I was doing. And I just began to walk toward the doors of this ancient what seemed to be an ancient church building, this traditional old, you know, heritage building. And as I walked up to the doors, I heard worship on the inside, like a heavenly sound. But I couldn't see anyone inside. There was no lights on inside. There was no cars in the car park. But I knew within that moment that God was real and that God was inside that building. And I could feel his presence inside that building. And from that moment, uh, I knew that, that there was a God. And so I, I remember coming to at 12 years old and realizing I was standing outside of a church building and what were my friends thinking of me and, and uh, fear gripped my heart that I was going to be, you know, picked on for being outside a church building. And I looked around and my friends were nowhere to be seen and ran out to the road and they were about 200 meters down the road and no one even noticed what had happened in that moment. But that moment uh, changed my life and, and I realized that God was real and there was this growing desire in my heart though secret, it was a growing desire in my heart to get to know this God. And so by the time I had met um, this Torres Strait Islander at work for the doll, uh, I was actually 20 years old and my heart warming up to him uh, and being interested in, in what he was sharing about Jesus, I said, I believe in God. And he jumped at that opportunity as a good evangelist that he is. Actually, Pastor Matt, you remind me of him. Um <laughs> with your you know, passion to share the gospel and, and to start conversations about Jesus uh, with seemingly random strangers. I saw that a lot in our time with Papua New Guinea. Not only were you preaching on the crusades and the conference, but also to everyone in cafes and restaurants, and it was a beautiful thing. Yeah, it's and my, so, my wife gets really annoyed by that, by the way. Does she? <laughs> <laughs> well, praise God for it. Um, and, and so this this individual was very much like that, you know. And so... Um, and so he jumped at the opportunity. When I said, I believe in God, he said, awesome, you and me, we're going to go down to the park in the next break and you're going to give your life to Jesus. And uh, and so he basically dragged me down the park and uh, we sat on a park bench outside of Centrelink in Narang on the Gold Coast. And he led me in a prayer to Jesus. And I prayed to Jesus for the first time and, and I had a peace in my heart that the Lord heard my prayer. And nine days later, I would attend a Sunday service uh, at a church um, on the Gold Coast and would hear the preaching of the gospel and, and responded to an altar call. Uh, and, and there was really a wrestle in my heart about whether or not I should respond to that altar call. I thought I don't want to become one of these weird Christians, you yeah. know, but I was between a rock and a hard place. I was a strung out drug addict and I knew that I needed God. Mm. And so there was a desperation in my heart. I responded to the altar call and would have the most powerful life transforming experience uh, that I've had to date. Uh, I was born again on that altar. Within two weeks, I was totally drug and alcohol free. And uh, my whole worldview had changed. Um, habitual sin was dropping off and uh, sexual sin was dropping off. 
And uh, my life was being literally transformed overnight by the power of God. And I'd go home from church and subsequently for the next couple of months would seek Jesus in my bedroom and have powerful encounters with God uh, where in that moment I couldn't really put my finger on what was happening, but but my life was radically being changed and everyone around me could see that dramatic difference. Even though my parents, uh, my brothers, my sisters didn't understand what was happening, they couldn't deny that my life was being transformed and I was no longer addicted and that I was indeed being set free. Well, it's a great testimony of being set free. And, uh, you know, that young guy, that evangelist, uh, he's actually related to a famous footballer, isn't he? He is actually, yeah. yeah. His last name is Gagai. That's right. And uh, so he is related to the footballer, Gagai. Yep, yep. Yeah. A lot of people would recognize that name. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, he was a, a hip-hop artist. Yes. And that kind of uh, attracted you because you were a secular hip-hop artist. That's right. Rapping all sorts of swear words and dirty stuff. Yeah. But now you do Christian hip-hop. I do. And I thought, you know, we've got to get you to do a little bit for us uh, today. Yeah. Can you just lay down just a, a little bit of a rap for us, bro? I can do that, yeah. All right. So without a beat, here we go. My soul's been restored like before the fall, before Adam ate the fruit and sin came to wall, before Eve was deceived when the serpent crawled, before the fruit from the tree of intellectual walls, one bite and the world was dead, till Christ crucified crushed the serpent's head, now the serpent's dead, victory's what we're living in, a clean slate, what a way to begin, away from the grim, he paid for my sins, nails in his limbs, I sing my praises to him, my past didn't win although it's ghastly grim, now I'm marked and set apart, serving Christ the King. Yeah, come on, that is awesome, that is uh, Matty Russell from Now Church in Bow Desert, uh, sharing a bit of his Christian hip-hop uh, music. And I know you've released a whole bunch. If people want to search you up on YouTube and Spotify, they can check out all that stuff. They loved you in PNG, mate, when you got up to, to rap. And they uh, loved you as well, <laughs> by the way, in your rapping. Well, I only know one rap. Uh, <laughs> you, you did a few over there, and I was grateful for you uh, doing a few as well. Um, now, mate, uh, the topic we're going to unpack today is overcoming addiction. Yes. And you mentioned in your testimony that two weeks after being born again, you were completely set free. Yeah. And I know you've been uh, very outspoken about being set free uh, over the years. There's probably a lot of people listening that are like, I wish I could get set free that quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us, did you go through withdrawals? Was it... Uh, uh, was it a, a wrestle for you? Or was it just supernatural? Well, immediately I, I stopped taking drugs. Yep. Um, and there there was some uh, withdrawals to that, yeah. especially in the first couple of days. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I do hear these, you know, great stories and supernatural stories of no withdrawals whatsoever. That wasn't really the case for me. The first few days were um, struggling with sleeplessness and mm-hmm. hot and cold sweats and but um, nevertheless, there was certainly a supernatural grace never to go back to those mm. drugs. And so when I say within two weeks, it was because the thing that I found most difficult to give up was the drinking Yeah. in, the, in that two-week period. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't become drunk within that two-week period and justifying, you know, with various passages of scripture that it's okay to drink, um, continued to struggle in that area. Uh, knowing within myself and the conviction of the Holy Spirit that specifically for me it was not okay to continue to drink, but really wrestling with the flesh in in that way for that two-week period. What really did it for me is that every time I had a beer, I would also have a cigarette. Right. And I couldn't justify smoking a cigarette 
yeah. from the Bible, right. while I could justify potentially having a beer. So that was the real thing that for me was like, every time I have a beer, I'm having a cigarette. So I know I'm sinning against the Lord by having a cigarette. So I need to stop drinking because otherwise I'm going to keep smoking. Yeah. And so that was, once I had finally made that decision after wrestling with it for a couple of weeks, uh, that was it. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Now that was a long time ago. We're talking like 15 years? We're talking 20 years. 20 years ago, yeah. right. And you then ended up uh, you know, partnering with different drug rehabs over the years. You yes. now run uh, one for males and one for females yes. at Bow Desert. Yeah. Uh, and you've got a program uh, that they follow. What, what does it look like? What's the program look like when they go into one of the rehabs? So our rehab is called Be Free House, mm-hmm. and um, it was. It obviously have I have a lot of experience in working with drug and alcohol rehabs over the years. Uh, my wife also comes from an addictive background and, mm-hmm. and was set free by Jesus as well a couple of years prior to me. So we have personal experience. We have experience in working with um, other organizations. Uh, and so we we have seen what works and what doesn't work, uh, at least from our perspective, and have formulated our own program um, based on on those details. So for us, it, it's a six-month program. Mm-hmm. Be Free House is a six-month program. Strong emphasis on Christian discipleship. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, awareness around drugs and alcohol and and um, withdrawals and relapse prevention and all of these different triggers, all of those are very beneficial, mm-hmm. and we do incorporate that into our program. Uh, but really, the answer is Jesus. Yeah. And for us, it's Christian discipleship. Good. Jesus said, if you abide in my word, you're my disciples indeed. You'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. And so our emphasis is on people surrendering their lives to Jesus. And in essence, that means surrendering our will, handing ourselves over to his grace and his love and his mercy, and allowing the Holy Spirit and the power of God to transform our lives. And so really, that is the emphasis of be free house. It's mm. Christian discipleship, but we also do have uh, weekly uh, recovery groups, and in those recovery groups, we focus on anger management, relapse prevention, healthy boundaries, um, identifying triggers uh, or temptations that would potentially lead people back into addiction, and helping them identify um, certain traumas in their life, and and obviously pointing to Jesus as a means of healing binding up the broken heart and healing their wounds. And so uh, the program started six months ago, Mm -hmm. and we are just about to have our first graduates come through the program, which is uh, a beautiful thing to see the life-transforming power of God at work in an individual's life uh, who's come into our program straight out of addiction. And um, a lot of people coming in, you know, alcoholism and and ice addiction specifically. And and just seeing God work in their life is a beautiful and powerful thing. Um, So... Yeah, it's a six-month program. We yep. have a women's program. We have a men's program. They're mm-hmm. at two separate locations. Um, good idea. Good ideas. Yep, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, we don't – yeah, so it's just good to have those healthy boundaries there. Yeah. yeah. Um, people are vulnerable when they're coming into the program. That's right, yeah. But yeah. it is it is a strong emphasis on Christian discipleship, and for that reason, it's not just for people coming out of addiction, mm. but also what we identify as life-defeating cycles. So there are people coming out of domestic violence situations, um, transitioning out of prison, uh, coming off the streets from homelessness, and so, and then other people who just want to be discipled. Yeah, cool. In a residential program where there's that accountability and consistency. Awesome. And we've got Mike from Tassie. How are you, Mike? I'm very well, thank you. Have you got a question or a comment for Maddie? Uh, a, a testimony in 1984 um, when I came to Jesus Christ and 
Jesus set me free from smoking cigarettes, and I never smoked again, and I can never smoke again. And uh, not even a cigarette, not even a cigar for a baby boy, you know, <laughs> a newborn. <laughs> can't, can't touch it again. And the man that brought Jesus' freedom to me said he believed it was a spirit of self-destruction. A spirit of self-destruction, yeah, interesting. Matty, any thoughts or comments on that? Well, mate, yeah, absolutely. That is a powerful testimony, and thank you so much for calling in and sharing that. Uh, There certainly is uh, power in sharing our testimony. No one can argue with that. And 40 years free from cigarette addiction, being set free from Jesus since 1984 is absolutely incredible. So very, very encouraging. And, and All right, look at me behind. What, what was that, mate? You're speaking a bit of pigeon, are you? All right, look at me behind. I'll see you later. Matt, Matty, do you, do you know what that means in pigeon, mate? It says, I will see you later. Look at me behind. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, big pella. All right, one talk. One talk. One talk. We're talking a bit of pigeon here for those who don't know what's going on. Good on you, Mike. Thanks for your call. God bless. And if you'd like to call through, phone lines are open on 1-800-316-316. We've got Wayne from Mackay. How are you, buddy? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. How's yourself? Good, mate. What do you want to chat yeah. about? Mate, my um, testimony is fairly similar. I was a, an addict for 22 years. I've been clean for 31. Um, well, I've been doing voluntary work. I work with the homeless now, and um, we work up to about 50 a day, mate, and always looking for somewhere good rehabs to send people to. I'll definitely be given that organisation a ring, either today or tomorrow, and, um, yeah, just networking in with them to, to hopefully get people there to, to be set free. But, mate, that testimony that Matty gave is absolutely amazing, mate. I was fairly similar. When I um, gave my heart to the Lord, all the withdrawal symptoms that I went through, I'd been into the heroin, the morphine, the cocaine. There wasn't much I hadn't got into, daytura, you name it. But when I gave my heart to the Lord, um, all them withdrawal symptoms went. And, um, you know, I had a few speed bumps on the road in that time where I let things bother me and, and had a bit of a slip up, but um, I'm just using all the wrong things to to try and deal with things. But it's it's different now, um, and uh, yeah, just it's just transformed my life. Just having an encounter with God any day, any time you like, whether it be in your bedroom in that secret place, just spending time with Him. But I've been doing voluntary work all my life for at least the last twenty eight years, working with these. Uh, sort of people, the homeless, and everything. I was homeless myself at a young age, at twelve, and um, I just love the people. I love the what God's got me doing, and 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 you just know that's where God's got you. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's beautiful. Good on you, Wayne. Thank you so much for that, Matt. Any uh, thoughts or comments on that? Yeah, Wayne. Look, mate, I just want to encourage you, uh, giving back to the community and being that shining light. Your testimony is powerful, and being back in that in that uh, area and space where you're obviously in homelessness, encountering many people with mental health issues and, and drug addiction and battles of their own to be able to look at your testimony of 31 years clean from drugs and uh, giving back to the community and them seeing that in you is a great encouragement because if God can do it for Wayne, then God can do it for anyone. And so thanks for calling in and sharing that, mate. Very encouraging. Yeah, thanks, Matty. Thanks, mate. Good on you, Wayne. Going too, mate. Yep. <laughs> God bless you, buddy. Thanks for your call. And phone lines are open on 1-800-316-316. We've got Natalie from Camp Mountain. How are you, Natalie? Yeah, well, thanks. What would you like to chat about? I'm good. Um, I was actually asking a question and even possibly prayer. 
Um, I have a, a son, Oliver, who's he's a wonderful son. He talks to me a lot, which is great, um, as a mother. And um, he, in his teenage years, uh, was quite off the tracks and off the rails. And if ever I mentioned God, he would, you know, just say, no, just don't even go there, Mum, you know. He was very angry. And he's come around and he's a really baby Christian now at the age of, what is he, 32 or something, but a really baby Christian with a young family. And he's been talking to me about a man at his work called Damien who acknowledges that he's an alcoholic, gets drunk every night, gets completely destroyed every weekend and wants to stop because he realises this is killing him. And Oliver's trying to talk to this man and trying to encourage this man and he doesn't have the depth of faith or knowledge, you know, at this point in his life. But he's talking to me and asking me to pray for Damien. Have you got, like, what do you say to someone like Oliver who's trying to support someone who's obviously in a very bad place? What can, what, what can I say to my son? Maddie, what are your thoughts? Well, firstly, I think it's um, very encouraging uh, that your son has, you know, received Jesus and um, and after years of you sharing and praying and standing with him and supporting him, he is, as you say, a baby Christian and also obviously has a, a heart to be able to reach out to his friend at work, Damien, um, which is a beautiful thing. And I think, you know, where there's a willingness, there's um, certainly great opportunity for him to grow in that grace and to learn. And, and I think it all comes with experience. You know, I went back into the workforce and initially sharing your faith can be a little bit daunting and a little bit intimidating but the fact that he is doing that and offering prayer for Damien and trying to support him I, I think is a great start my encouragement would be to look at some resources into equipping yourself as to how to share the gospel uh, how to work in with people from addictive backgrounds and there's so many uh, source material online um, maybe vision radio may be able to yep um, also recommend some material that he could uh, get his hands on, but uh, I think his heart's in the right place, and that's certainly where it all begins. And we've got Kaz from Wyala. How are you, Kaz? I'm good. How are you? Good. What would you like to chat about? Um, I just wanted to um, go over what happened with my daughter. She was in full addiction, and um, she came out of it. She went to a Christian rehab, and um, now she has a massive testimony, and she also helps, like, People would just inbox her um, or just call her and just say, hey, I'm struggling. How did you do it? And she actually helps a fair few people because of her lived experience. And I think, you know, owning a rehab and having that lived experience as well, um, Pastor Russell, is just a plus because you understand, you know, it's so valuable that you understand what that person's going through through your lived experience. Absolutely. You can't argue with someone's testimony, can you, huh? No, no, exactly. Yeah. If if it's a Christian testimony or if it's a, you know, past experience testimony, you cannot argue with it. That's so true. Mm. Absolutely. Maddie, any any comments? Yeah, I think that um, having lived experience uh, definitely carries some street cred, as some people would put Mm -hmm. it. Um, but it certainly has uh, a lot of authority behind it, you know, because we're not just talking about something we learned from a textbook. Textbooks are good, 
and uh, psychology is, you know, very beneficial in that space, but also having life experience and being able to identify with people in their in their own struggles and um, and them know that you have experienced similar things uh, certainly carries a lot of credibility and goes a long way to encourage people to know that if 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 you can come through it, then they can as well. Yeah, exactly. And through my daughter's addiction, I actually became um, a mum going through that addiction. You know, with with her. Do you know what I mean? Like not not using, but just on that on that um, travelling um, point. And I ended up um, having a a group for parents going through addiction, and that became huge. So, yeah, I lived through. You know, my my. Um, lived experience with, with the parents. So, yeah, it was good. Good on you, Kaz. Thanks people. so much for your call today. Thank you. God bless. Bye. And if you'd like to call through, phone lines are open on 1-800-316-316. We've got Cliff from uh, Tasmania. How are you, Cliff? Very good, thank you. How are you? Good, mate. What would you like to chat about? Well, actually, just a testimony of what the Lord's done in my life. Um, back in 1998... Um, I'd become suicidally depressed because I was a drug-dealing addict. And I remember lying on the floor of um, a farmhouse in Melbourne. And I remember crying out to the ceiling to a God I didn't even know, um, Lord, if you're real, um, please reveal yourself to me or I'm dying and I'm going to hell. And um, I remember in that moment, that night, um, Jesus became really real for my life. And... Um, delivered me from my drug addiction that very night um, I walked out from that moment and it wasn't probably until about 15 months, two years later that I actually walked across the car park of a church um, and found out that God was real inside that building and um, about eight weeks after that I actually gave my heart to the Lord um, and it's just been an amazing testimony to the goodness and the grace of God in my life um, turning everything around which I thought was an impossible situation and had wanted to end my own life. It's just been an um, amazing testimony to God's glory. And, um, yeah, it's been an amazing journey since then. Awesome. Cliff, any, any thoughts, Matty? It's um, incredible to hear your story, actually, and God's faithfulness in, in answering that prayer. God, if you're real, uh, I need your help and I need you to reveal yourself to me. Uh, actually, it reminds me a similar story that I had when I was 17 years old, and I was actually in Melbourne, and it would have been around 1998, a similar time, where uh, I was on an acreage and strung out on drugs and suicidal myself, and uh, was actually about to take my own life, um, and and had a supernatural experience and ran outside, looked up into the stars at about midnight and cried out to God a very similar prayer, God, if you're real. I need you to help me. And an overwhelming peace filled my heart. And subsequently, three years later, I would be born again. Very uncanny how similar our stories are. So, um, but again, it just, you know, the faithfulness of God in answering someone's prayer who's looking for help but doesn't truly know whether or not God is real. And yet, that small amount of faith for us to be able to just open our mouth and cry out and say, if you are there, reveal yourself to me. He's faithful and just to answer that prayer. So, it's great. Absolutely, and um, it's just been an amazing journey. He then led me from there to Tasmania, and funnily enough, when I gave my heart to the Lord as well, my wife-to-be at the time went forward on the very same day and gave her heart to the Lord, and we both got married as Christians. 
And then since then, I've done um, 10 years in alcohol drug work with um, City Mission down here in Lon- City Mission Launceston in Tasmania. And I'm also now really, really blessed to be a chaplain, outreach chaplain and a chaplain in a school as well. God is just so good and just so amazing how he can transform our lives and um, even the most impossible situations. I just shared briefly with my uh, high school kids this morning a devotional part of our testimony of um, how my wife and I weren't Christians when we first came together. We were very much involved in the drug scene and um, how Jesus took us and um, blessed us and we actually got married you know, as Christians and uh, it's just been an amazing journey. That's awesome, Cliff. You've been blessed to be a blessing. Uh, thanks so much for your call today, mate. Really appreciate your testimony. Thanks for that. Thanks, Matt. Thank you, guys. And phone lines are open, 1-800-316-316. We've got Judd from WA. How are you, Judd? Yeah, not too bad. Yourself? Good, mate. What would you like to chat about? Yeah, um, I'm just a young guy from WA. You there? Judd, I think we've, uh, we've lost you there, mate. Can I hear you, Judd? Looks like he might be in a bit of a uh, bad mobile reception area. Can you, are you hearing anything, Matty? No? No, I'm not. No, I'm not hearing anything. Judd, if, uh, if you're there, mate, we can't hear you. Give us a call back, 1-800-316-316. Now, Matty, uh, one of the things that I'd love to ask you about is planning a church. Yes. It is one of the craziest things you could ever do because it's uh, not a very high success rate. And, mate, you've travelled the world. You could go and preach anywhere you want, yet you had a burden on your heart to go to Bow Desert mm. with your wife and plant a church. How many kids you got to? Four children. Four ki- you got four kids? Yep. I knew that, but I was just making sure you're you... You're testing you, me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you, you've got young kids. You're homeschooling your kids as well. Yes. Uh, you're, you're breeding dogs as well. Like, you're a busy man. Yep. Why would you give, give all up this travelling around the world preaching the God? Why would you give it all up to plant a little church in Bow Desert? Well, that's a great question. Uh, the obvious answer is because that's what we sincerely believe God was calling us to do. And 12 months in, we certainly still believe that that's what God has called us to do. Yeah, um, yeah, it definitely was a sacrifice. And we were really praying about whether or not we should choose Bow Desert um, or the Gold Coast. And the Gold Coast really was appealing. But we knew with that burden and the peace of the Lord and various confirmation that Bow Desert was where the Lord wanted us to plant a church. So we are actually... Um, uh, the first successful church plant in almost 20 years wow. in Bow Desert. Uh, and so we're new kids on the block there when it comes to the other ministries that are already established. Uh, but we've been received openly by the community and by the other churches in Bow Desert. Uh, we're celebrating our 12-month birthday, one-year birthday celebration this coming Sunday. Um, and it's been a challenging experience, a stretching experience, but it's been a great experience together as a husband and wife on the same page, serving Jesus, seeing people saved, water baptized, discipled, and um, and and it's it's been an experience that um, has certainly grown us, but also is incredibly rewarding. And you know, Maddie and I, uh, we you, we chatted a bit on the trip about this in PNG, and uh, you and I are both evangelists. We we could travel a lot if we wanted to, but I love the fact that you said. That you know, you you go and preach, and you see people make a decision for Christ, but you don't know if they get followed up. You don't know if they follow through. You know, you hope they do, and definitely some would. Yeah. But there's something about discipling people in a local community and being a local shepherd with local sheep uh, that is the way that God designed things. You know. Yeah. Um. And I love the fact that you uh, could go and 
travel the world if you want to, but you've de- you've decided to focus on planning a church. And I just want to say, uh, you know, credit to you, mate. Um, we do want to chat more about that, but we do have uh, James from Kyabram on the line. If you want to call through and have a chat, phone lines are open, 1-800-316-316. James, you there? Yes. Yes, well, I... Uh... I would like to share, how are you doing? Good, mate. Um, yeah, share. About 30 years ago, I was at a church service and there was someone preaching up the front and uh, there was an older call and I went out. And But anyway, this guy came, he wasn't up the front. He'd come from the back somewhere. I don't know if it was an angel or whatever, but he, he said, uh, God wants to release you from the bonds of your tattoos. Now, I'd had seven different people tattoo me. Some One guy was a hell's angel and I can't remember where some of the others, but they weren't, they weren't decent fellows. You know, drinking and carrying on was all part of that uh, scene. And I was sort of caught up in there as well. Um, my mum didn't have a dad. My mum died when I was 17. But when this guy prayed for me, I fell down. Um, like I said, I don't know who he was. But I, I, after I'd noticed the cravings in me for alcohol and lust and all that, it, it just like dissipated incredibly. I can't uh, explain the change. Like I didn't realise it was there. I thought the way I was was just sort of normal because of the, the era that I grew up in. And um, But I just really wanted to give God praise he showed me a verse in Proverbs, in chapter 1, verse um, 16, I believe it is. Then uh, it says, their feet run to evil, they rush to shed blood. And, and when you get tattoos, blood comes out, so it's a blood covenant. We, we understand more now as a Christian, or I do, that there's a blood covenant. So I was, I was covenanted to those people without knowing that my willingness to get tattooed was going to create that bond of uh, that. So... I just praise God that someone was able to show me and God was able to prove to me because I've, I've tried to encourage other people, you have to be careful. Like, I'm not saying every tattooist is a hell's angel or some wild guy from, from Bullio or wherever, um, but people aren't aware that that blood covenant pact, you know, when their tribes bind themselves to another tribe by cutting blood and shedding blood and whatever, like Jesus shed his blood for us, um, I'm still learning the importance of that, and I'm still dealing with things. I'm still a work in progress. There's still stuff happening in my life now because I've come from a Scottish and an Irish background. People said there was a lot of bloodlust in in those days, you know, the old Braveheart and the swinging swords and stuff. They made packs with blood, sometimes animal sacrifice, sometimes human sacrifice. I'm not saying I've done that in my life, but it can be in the ancestral line. There's a guy, Selwyn Van Wick, who's dealing with a lot of uh, deliverance ministry, I'm trying to get uh, in there into uh, help uh, get my family more set free because I'm the only really committed Christian in the family that I'm aware of. You know, the, so um, yeah, that's my testimony, and I, I'd like prayer. I'd like prayer for it because I, I, I feel that there is stuff that needs to be set free. I know my brother's been struggling, and he doesn't look into it like this. But if I find something that's a, sort of, of some help to me, yeah. I'll try and pass it on to him. Right. Yeah, well, what so, we're going to do, James, is we're going to have. Australia's biggest prayer meeting right now. So just stay on the line. (laughs) Stay on the line. I'm going to get Maddie to pray for you. And uh, we've also got another request, Maddie. Uh, uh, Someone's left a message saying, can you please pray for a lady in New South Wales who has two children, both suffering from drug addiction. She's been praying for them for 30 years and seen no change. She's feeling that God doesn't hear her prayers and is becoming discouraged. And uh, the comment here says there's probably lots of people in Australia in a similar situation. So... What we're going to do is we're going to ask Maddie to pray for James first and then for our sister from New South Wales and just anyone else listening that's believing for people to be set free from addictions. Uh, so uh, in this last few minutes, Maddie, do you just want to open up and lead us in prayer, mate? Yeah, absolutely. 
Lord Jesus, we thank you that there's power in your name. Lord, we thank you for your promises. You said when two or more agree on any one thing, it shall be done. Well, I know that me and Pastor Matt in the studio right now are in agreement. There's two there, but also all of the Christians listening and agreeing with us together from all over Australia, uh, listening to the radio right now. Lord, we join our prayers together. We come together in agreement and stand on the solid, firm foundation of the promise of Scripture that if we agree on any one thing, it shall be done. Lord, you also said if we ask anything according to your will, you hear us, and we know that we have those things which we have asked. You said again, Jesus, ask anything in my name and I will do it, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So we come on the foundation of these promises, knowing that you are not a man that you should lie. And Lord, I pray for James right now, in agreement with every listener. Lord, we come into agreement for total freedom, total deliverance, and stand uh, on the promise that if the Son makes him free, he will be free indeed. Lord, we also pray from this for this lady in uh, in New South Wales with the the two children struggling with addiction. Lord, even her discouragement in feeling that you are not answering her prayers and that you're not hearing her. Lord, uh, may she be encouraged today knowing that you are a God who hears. And so I stand in agreement with her prayers and we stand in agreement with her prayers for her children and for their breakthrough and for their deliverance from addiction. And Lord, I pray that you would do a supernatural miracle, Lord, that it would become evident even within the next few days and few weeks and months subsequent to this prayer that she would see solid, firm evidence in their lives that Jesus is setting them free. And so, Lord, we ask that you would be glorified in this, Lord, that the testimonies that come out of it would be God-glorifying, that if you can do it for others, you can do it for them, and that you are not a man that you should lie, you are faithful. And so, Lord, we, we agree together, we thank you for it, and we expect great testimonies in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Matty, it's been awesome to uh, have you as our guest on the radio today. Uh, thank you so much, James, for your call and for those that have called in. And uh, if people do want to listen to this conversation again, we'll upload it on our podcast a bit later at vision.org.au uh, or on the free Vision Christian Media app. And uh, if people want to find out more about the Be Free Rehabs at Bow Desert, uh, what's the best way to contact, Matty? You're on Facebook? Yes, yeah. Facebook is probably the best option. So mm -hmm. you can look me up, Maddie Russell. Uh, also, Be Free House, we have a Facebook page um, there as well, and you can contact us through the inbox. And this Sunday at 2 p.m. is your first anniversary for Now Church in Bow Desert as well. Where do you meet? Yes, yeah, so we meet at uh, Bow Desert State High School. It's 271 Brisbane Street, Bow Desert, 2 p.m. Uh, we can't wait to celebrate this one year. And you know, Vision Radio has been going for many years now, over 800 stations. The first ever station we switched on was in Bow Desert. So there's a real connection wow. here. Isn't that yeah, cool? Absolutely. That's amazing. Awesome. So God bless everyone in Bow Desert and uh, surrounding areas. And uh, if people do want to book uh, Maddie to preach, you are happy to travel and do a bit of evangelism. And uh, you preach at YWAM, you preach at schools, you still do a bit of rapping, don't you? Are you going to be at the uh, Freedom Music Festival this year? Uh, uh, I was talking to Phil Spence the other day. He's going to be there this year. Yeah, so. I'm, I may very well. You may, may be, very yeah. well. Okay, that's yeah. coming up at the sunny coast. But if people want to book Matty, uh, just search up Matty Russell on Facebook, best way to contact him. Uh, it's been awesome to have you in the studio with us today, mate. Thanks for joining us. Thanks very much for having me. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.